Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Son, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott with you in orders now. We will tell you that Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned an operator for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stopper recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Escott likes the Texan. Our next guest is one of the Oilers' two radio play-by-play voices. Cam Moon joins us for our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. And twice this year for our early broadcasts, Cam uh, played a a dual role. He was bringing in the Royal Pizza for the boys in the booth. So uh, it was was an awesome deed indeed on part of Cam Moon. Cam, how are you doing? Doing very well. Well, I heard so much about the Mediterranean chicken. I needed to know. Like, I needed to know for me if it was that good, and it is. Oh, yeah, it is. It, but it is old-school big-boy pizza, isn't it, Cam? Like, there, oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's none of that synthetic crap on their pizza. Everything's real at Royal. No, real deal. Uh, real good. It was, uh, it was a lovely way to well, – you, st- you were on the, on the air doing Oilers now when I would uh, get there, but it was nice to have a little lunch before we did an afternoon broadcast. It was, uh, uh, well, a couple of quirky schedule times this year made it a lot of fun. Full disclosure, not that the listeners want to know my dietary or lack thereof habits, but I often do. I often do not eat on game days. Uh, until no, you after, don't. I know you just laugh at that, don't you? Uh, until until after the game, uh, which is when you're once you hit about. Actually, for me, it was once I hit about thirty. But once you get to a certain point, you probably shouldn't be eating too much after seven or eight. And Cam, hopefully next season when you and Jack are splitting. The uh, the radio play by play, and we are traveling again because Cam will be doing the or uh, Jack will be doing the uh, regional games for Sportsnet again. Hopefully, we'll be on the plane. And I can tell you, the first year I did the games in 0809, I'm not a skinny guy like you. I gained uh, 23 pounds during the course of last season. So uh, I, now I'm not sure what it was exactly from, 
but uh, it might have been from uh, eating after 10 o'clock on game nights when we travel from city to city on the tour. It's a little bit different. 22 years in the Western Hockey League, and uh, did you guys eat after games? Oh, yeah. On the bus? Yeah. Well, usually sit down, but, yeah, not very often, like, actually right on the bus, but sit down, then get on the bus. So, yeah, we did that a lot. Now, did you find as you got a little bit older that you started to eat less? Yes, yes. I'm I'm uh, uh, a bit ab- obsessive compulsive with that. So I, I made sure that um, after the game I wasn't you know, crushing a lot, um, so that I can keep it. I got to keep it tight. Yeah. See, unfortunately, I have not learned that lesson of eating less. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow and i my guess is there's certain individuals driving around the city of edmonton right now are listening to us online that can relate to the challenges of trying to eat less as you get older uh, and i know all the rules like there are guys that tell me stop don't eat after seven o'clock at night you can yeah. eat, what you, eat what you want between seven and seven and just drink water uh after seven o'clock at night i would think it'd be sacrilegious not to have something a little bit stronger than water once in a while after seven o'clock at night uh, anyhow let's get to it what do you think uh vegas and colorado great series uh, i love the i love the passion in the in the stands which was made it fun to watch i was i was shocked that vegas was able to roll four straight wins like they did like absolutely stunned to tell you the truth and and you know i i heard you and speck talking earlier about how you know for colorado it really went south in the game five they had the lead through 40 and it most certainly did it one of the beauties of the uh, beauties of the playoffs to me is you don't know when that when that turning point's going to be in a series it could be early in the series it could be late it could be in the middle but then after, when you have the hindsight, you go, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it spun right there. Uh, you know, no different with the Oilers when they uh, when they lost the four one lead, and you look, you're like, yeah, well, that was basically it. Well, for I thought it was game five uh, for uh, for Colorado to, you know, they had the opportunity and just couldn't get it done. Uh, how about Mark Andre Fleury? My God, like that guy, he just battles. I love how he battles, and uh, yeah, his. He's taking it up, and that's what he's doing. And what a team. They play hard. They play heavy. Uh, they're going to be an incredibly tough out. And I absolutely like Vegas's chances against the Montreal Canadiens. All right, uh, Cam, by the way, you're 6-6 six and six so far in the playoffs. Uh, and I'm only yeah. marginally, I'm marginally better. I'm seven and five, and I'm 0 for 3 in Canada. I haven't got a – obviously, a Toronto to Edmonton. And then yeah. I took Winnipeg against Montreal. Shows you what I know. Uh, goaltending. So you're a former WHL goaltender. When you played, did you sense that the league at that time and the WHL went out of their way to protect goalies? Uh, no, actually, I wouldn't back then. It was, you were you could get run over a little bit. Like there were some protections, but not so much with the rules. I mean, there were. You weren't supposed to drill the goalies, but it, it did happen. I thought the protection was uh, was levied um, just throughout your lineup, right? Um, you know, because back then, I mean, everybody had a couple of heavyweights, and you can go hit the goalie if you want, but that's at your own peril. Um, it's not like that anymore. It's different. Um, but definitely, like if you look now, the goaltenders are 
absolutely being protected. In fact, you can't even jostle or bump them while while the puck is en route to the net, or you see the goal called back if you know if it's within the crease or even beyond. Uh, so that to me is, is completely different. You can look at goals from 20 years ago where it was just I mean tough luck. <laughs> You're going to get jostled and and bumped and moved and and then it's going to make it incredibly difficult and goals will go in as a result. So yeah, it's, it's drastically changed uh, for the better. I would say too. A couple days ago, Grant Fuhrer, uh, it was the 40th anniversary of him getting selected uh, eighth overall in the 1981 NHL draft. Today is the anniversary of Andy Moog being chosen 132nd overall in 1980. Two pretty good picks by uh, Glenn Sather and Barry Fraser, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That worked out. I mean, the Andy Moog one that that flew under the radar at the time and, until he came up and and stunned the hockey world with the the defeat of the Montreal Canadiens in the '81 playoffs. Like that was, and I really burst onto the scene. And the Oilers still went and picked Grand Fear that summer. You can't have too much of it. Uh, and and you could have easily said at that time, hey. This Andy Moog guy, he looks like he's our guy, and we can we can run with him. And they still took Grant Fear, which turned out to be an, an amazing pick. And and Fear makes the team the next year. You know, he still had junior eligibility. He could have went back and played for the Victoria Cougars, but no. Comes to Edmonton, and if I recall, Andy Moog got sent to the minors, and to start the year, it was uh, Fear and Ron Lowe, and. And he turned out to be, you know, a Hall of Fame goaltender. And, yeah, that was – you talk about two picks um, and two guys that, you know, even when you had one that looked pretty good, you still take another because uh, that's a position you can't have too much of. And it turned out to be absolutely huge uh, for the Edmonton Oilers and for runs to the Stanley Cup. If you And quite honestly, you, I, I thought, especially like that 84 and uh, – not so much in 85, but certainly in 84. Andy Moak played a big role in that, too, and he got some wins, certainly when Fear got hurt in the finals. So those were, it, was, it was huge to have two really quality netminders at that time. All right, well, now I'm going to take you down a different path. We know where the Edmonton Oilers are going to draft. We're joined by Cam Moon, one of the two Oilers radio play-by-play voices, splitting duties this year with Jack Michaels. You played the position yourself. You've, uh, you know, former WHL goalie yourself broadcaster in the league the last two decades plus where does sebastian cosa rank relative to the top goaltenders you've seen out of the whl over the last 20 plus years well and and you and i were fortunate enough to watch him this year you know, we, you and i were able to go go watch him play which it, that helps it helps and the more you watch him, the, the better grasp of an opinion on him you get and I was able to watch him last year or the, the year previous as well but his uh, he looks like a pro he looks like a pro right now and there aren't a lot over the last 22 years where I could see them in junior and say yep that is that's what an NHL goalie looks like there's guys that have developed into that but when they were in junior, they were still just an above-average junior goaltender. So were they going to be for sure 100% NHLers? No, not at all. 
but they work themselves into that. But some guys, you see them and you just go, yep, that's what an NHL goalie looks like. Sebastian Kosa is one of those guys. And I would put, you know, Carey Price into uh, that category. Uh, Cam Mord was definitely in uh, that category. Uh, Carter Hart was in that category. And it, the list it's not it's not huge it it really isn't where you just see them at that advanced that economy of movement that positioning that focus that confidence having all of those aspects in their game at a young age and again some guys get there and, and maybe they don't get there till they're 26 but some are just ahead of the curve. Sebastian Costa is one of those guys that is ahead of the curve. It's late birthday, so he's he's very likely to play one more year of junior. So this season coming up, and then he'll be playing pro at 20. I don't doubt for an absolute second that it, it, he'll be on the world junior team this year. I don't know how he is. I, I thought he had a really good shot last year, but I mean, Me what do I know? He didn't even, didn't even go to camp. But... Uh, yeah, it, it was tough this year because they were only playing against Alberta teams, and Edmonton was was clearly the best of the Alberta teams. The Medicine Hat was decent, and then you know Red Deer and Calgary and Lethbridge were all in a a time of their cycle where they were kind of near the bottom. Um, so, so what I'm saying is, is Sebastian Cosa didn't get to see a lot of busy nights. And, and with a team as good as Edmonton, maybe you're not going to. Or she has, you know, real high-quality situations against them. So it's a little more difficult to to judge because of that. Now, next season with things, you know, the plan is they'll be, they'll be playing outside of the province, which is – that's awesome. And he'll see different, uh, different teams and good teams because there's certainly some very good teams in the East Division. So that'll be good for his uh, – for his development, absolutely. But, yeah, he's on a very small list of, of guys that look like they're incredibly close to being NHL-ready. Yeah, I would like, for me, Cam, and I think, I don't know, I think I saw seven or – I think he started seven of the games that I saw. They only played 11 at home. Um, I would suggest you I, – I have him being Canada's – I mean, he's going to go in the first round of the draft. There hasn't yep. been a goaltender draft in the first round. Unless Hockey Canada just decides that they're smarter than everybody else. And here's, the, here's, here's the beauty for Hockey Canada. Canada's so deep you can do that. Okay? Like, yeah. Sweden, Sweden's not going to screw around. Wallstadt's going to be the starting goalie for Sweden. And, yeah. you know, I think Kosa is going to be the number one goalie in Edmonton for the World Juniors. He'll be the number one goalie on an Oil Kings team, which is already better. It's already better right now than it was this past season. They added a tough kid out of Red Deer. They didn't have any of that element in their lineup. He's going to be a third-line guy. They're going to make a trade for a, a top-six forward. We know they're going to get Gunther and Neighbors back. Uh, they've got a you know they got a couple moves coming on defense. They're, they've got an extra first-round pick, and the draft isn't until uh, December. So they're basically going to have three number-one picks to dangle over the span of six months. They're going to have a hell of a team this year. Coase is going to play junior next year. Then he's going to play, in my mind, no more than two pro years. And I believe he'll be in the NHL at 22. And he's six foot six, and he's athletic camp. And yeah. 
You saw this year when Edmonton was getting pushed around a bit in some games and teams were trying to – we both looked at each other like, did he just do that? There were a couple times he gave the cheese board to some big boys on the ice and just stood back like Mike Smith would. He didn't take any crap in between the pipes either. Took absolutely none. And, and I like the way he plays the puck too. Like he plays it with some authority and, and there's some confidence and, and good decision making as well with the puck. Yeah, the Oil Kings are going to have a, a very good year there for all the reasons that you just stated. And, and the fact that you're getting Costa back for one more year, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he just played one year in the American League as a 20 and then was in the NHL at 21. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Wow. Uh, yeah, I it wouldn't. Just based on on what I, I have watched over the years and the ones that were, were really at the top of the game that you spent minimal time in the American League but do spend some for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I could see it one one and done as far as the American League goes, being a, an NHL guy at 21. He's, you know, I, again, it would have been nice to, to see him play against more teams and, and more near the, what would be near the top of the league, but that'll be the case next year. And, and you know, hopefully he gets a long run in the playoffs to gain that, that valuable experience because uh, that's a big part of it too. Um, when, when your team's relying on you, and, and you've got to be the guy. And, and that's the biggest thing about that position. I, you've got to be comfortable in that situation. And I think he absolutely is. Uh, but to get that chance at the WHL level to, to take a team that is very good, but take them on a run and deal with the ups and the downs because there's going to be a, a night or two where it doesn't go your way and you've got to deal with that adversity and, and the travel, all of that. Because, uh, you know, WHL playoffs is, is not much different than – when it comes to, to schedule and travel than what it's like in pro. Uh, very similar. So it gives you kind of a, a sneak preview of, as a goaltender, what you're going to be up against when you get to the American League, when you get to the National Hockey League. So Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For him to have that type of experience and hopefully it results in a long run next year, I think that's going to be huge for him too. All right, one final one for you. Uh, are you surprised that Uncle Milt from Brent Ridge Ford, never ended up being a general manager in the WHL. Well, that that in itself is one of life's mysteries, Bob, that uh, that Uncle Milt is not or has not been a, a GM at that level. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I uh, love those guys at Brent Ridge Ford. Good crew. Even the ones that cheer for the wrong team. 
There you go. Cam, uh, we'll do this again in a couple weeks. Thanks for your time. I love it. Thank you. You bet. That is Cam Moon, one of the two Oilers radio play-by-play voices that we alternate every Friday here on the show. Jack Michaels will be joining us uh, next week. Uh, we are going to go off to the Stan Oilers history for New West Travel. Dennis and Jason Laliberti back at the 630 Chad Studios, the one and only Brendan Escott. 1980, you talked about it. The Oilers take Paul Coffey, 6th overall, Yari Curry, 69th overall, and Andy Moog, 132nd in the uh, NHL entry draft, helping form one of the greatest dynasties in sports history. Yeah, no question. I mean, Paul Coffey, and, and I don't know, Brendan, I mean, I, maybe and maybe I'm wrong, maybe the listeners would disagree on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, but for me, Kale McCarr, is the most fluid skating defenseman I've seen since Paul Coffey. Like the stuff that he can do. And uh, actually, there's a there's a kid that plays for the Red Deer Rebels, a little right shot defenseman. Kind of tries to look the same way out on the ice by the name of Kyle Masters. And so you see it already generate, uh, you know, the next group of kids sort of watching a kid like Makar and how he moves around on the ice with that skill. It was just, I mean, he's, this is going to be Canada's top defenseman here. Uh, and as he gets better, and because he, he had chances to finish some plays off last night, for me, Kale McCarr, the most fluid defenseman since Paul Coffey, who I think was the second best defenseman of all time next to Bobby Orr. And people say, well, what about Nick Lidstrom, seven? Yeah, Nick Lidstrom was really good. What about Doug Harvey? I got to be honest, I didn't see Doug Harvey play live. So, um, but... Paul Coffey was spectacular, and his high end was off the charts, and it was in a high-end time, a different time. No question about that. All right, well, Dave Campbell has Inside Sports Night. He's guest hosting for the one and only uh, Reed Wilkins. What's he got shaken? You will hear from the Chief Operating Officer for Sport Tourism Canada, Grant McDonald, on the uh, pandemic's effect on Canada being able to host international events and on the road back. All right. Uh, This wraps up the Friday edition of Oilers Now. We will tell you that uh, Eileen Bell will have a global news weather traffic update, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons of Jayla Nye. I'll rejoin you uh, Monday. John Shannon will be one of our guests, and we'll be rolling into uh, the start of uh, Montreal and Vegas Monday night after the afternoon encounter on uh, Sunday involving Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders. The Euro has officially started. Love it. Great event for you football, European football fans out there as well. We might hit on that a little bit. Have a tremendous uh, weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show, and thank you for participating in the interactive element, as always, to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.